Welcome to the Alpha Dude Podcast with Michael Pulser. What would it be like if you knew that you were unstoppable and you could live life on your terms? Better yet, how good would it feel knowing that on your deathbed, you had fulfilled all your potential and more? Life on Earth has a beginning and an end. It's what you do in the middle that counts. Let's look at how to make that part even better. I really think you're going to like this episode because in the past we've looked at things and we've taken it one step at a time so you have the solid foundation so that you're ready for the next level. And if you can remember back to the early episodes, we looked at exercises that if you've studied this sort of thing before, might be a little bit redundant, such as looking at anchoring, at looking at how the mind works and systems and different approaches. And this is just to level it up. So as I said before, in the past, we've looked at how the mind works and how you have to anchor or experience an emotion before you can bring it to play in a social dynamic situation. So this is all well and great, but let's, let's go even deeper than this. And it's quite funny because I actually had an inductive approach to this where just through my experience, I came across this and then found out it was validated because there were people who had done it before me, guys like Pluchek who has the emotion wheel and others. And it, it all sort of came together for me when I was watching that Pixar show, Inside Out. Now, I already understood about emotions, and I'm sure that you, you guys do too, that they have five primary emotions. And in Pixar, they have it listed as anger, sadness, joy, uh, fear, and disgust. Now, in some models, they actually get fear and they put it into another category of surprise. Other ones smash it together, but it's, it's whatever, okay? So we have these emotions, which are the primary five or six emotions. Now, the next one, okay, is we have the secondary emotions that come from that. And then after that, we have the tertiary emotions. Now, this is all a system of compounding. So before I even talk further about it, let me just give you an illustration. Now, I've got a really good friend who is one of the top jiu-jitsu instructors in the country. And he is absolutely amazing. But he's got this little secret. And the secret is that he has a massive degree of anxiety. And his anxiety is so bad that it stops him from practicing so many things in just average day-to-day life. And one example is that he was going to visit one of his family members while he was in a particularly anxious state. Now, when he was going to visit the family member, he felt super panicked, and upon arrival, the anxiety decreased. So, let's look at what happened. So he starts off from the primary emotion of fear. Now, this we can work on, and some people say, well, let's use an anchoring or switch pattern or something to work on. But the fact is, if this is big, it's really hard to change straight away. So then we have to break down and and tease out the fear and see exactly what it is. And in his case, it was anxiety. And as I said before, this is the secondary emotion, and this is the thing that we should focus on. Now, anxiety is not just a singularity. It's actually a compound emotion, and the compounding comes from the tertiary aspect. 
And anxiety, if you look at it like mathematics, is anticipation plus fear. So let's go back to that example. We have that that guy and he's going out somewhere, he's extremely stressed, he's having a panic episode, and when he arrives, he still doesn't feel great, but the panic has absolutely dissipated. So what's changed? Well, if we look at this model, in the tertiary aspect, you have the anticipation and the fear component. Now, the fear is just something that's deeply ingrained with him, and that's probably going to take some time to work out. Like I say, this is not a a podcast on how to overcome affective or access one disorders. It's more about personal enhancement. This is more about being the best version of yourself, upgrading yourself. So we will leave that aside for now. But the anticipation, the anticipation was the thing that drove him. While he was going there, he had that feeling of anticipation, that feeling of fear, and all in all, it made him feel absolutely useless. And this was the thing that changed. When he arrived at the place, the anticipation disappeared, and he was left with fear and some other emotion. So this is all interesting, but how can we make this work in our life? Well, let's just look at one part that we're missing from the story, and that's the conclusion. Once he arrived to the place, the anticipation went away. He still had that fear, and he also felt a degree of joy because he was with the family members or whoever he was going to visit. Now, joy plus fear equals guilt. Joy plus fear equals guilt. So he's kind of transmuted the anticipation into joy through the objective process of moving. Now, how can we use that in our lives? The answer to this is rather complicated, but let's look at some approaches that we could use. The first thing that we have to do is use some form of mindfulness or some awareness so that we can actually catch these thoughts. And once we've caught the thoughts, we can identify them for what they are and then realize, are they they primary emotions they're coming from or secondary or tertiary emotions once we've isolated them? And the next thing that I really find useful is isolating the weakest emotion. Now, as I said before, when we come to tertiary emotions, it's usually a recipe that made up the secondary one. So in the case that I mentioned for the example, we had anxiety, and the anxiety was a combination of both anticipation and fear. Now, let's look at this, okay? Let's say, for example, if his, let's reverse it, let's say his primary fear, his primary problem was actually with anticipation. So anticipation was what kept him up at night, was his chronic aspect and instead fear was the acute one so we have anticipation which would be hard to move but we have fear which we can work on now using any array of change technologies which could be visualization or or preferably some sort of powerful change technology from nlp like anchoring swish patterns circles of excellence uh You could use something that we used in earlier episodes like EFT, tap therapy, counseling, psychology, whatever you use, work on that one emotion. And just an example, say anchoring, which we all know, 
basically get yourself in peak state for something that you want. When you're in peak state, that's focusing visually on the on the things that you want mentally, using all of your emotions, your visual, auditory, kinesthetic, all these things. Once you're in absolute peak state, do a physiological change, like squeeze your fist and say yes, and then recondition it. Doing this over and over will eventually change that part of the emotion. And then you can add that to become part of the tertiary picture. So what does that look like? So we've got the guy with uh, anxiety, which is anticipation and fear. As I said, we'll reverse it. Let's say that anticipation is his main problem. We're working on fear. So you crush fear and you're like, what am I going to put in there instead? Hmm, that is a really good question. There are a lot of great things that come with anticipation. Like, for example, have you ever thought that anticipation plus trust, what would that look like? That is the recipe for hope. Anticipation plus joy, that is the recipe for optimism. There are bad things also like the anxiety, anticipation plus fear, or anticipation plus sadness equals pessimism. Now you yourself can reverse engineer and see why people are feeling that the way they are. Once you truly understand them, I mean, at a really deep level, you can see that their mental processes are driving them to a place where they're probably not doing the things that they should. It's just running on programs. And once you realize that, you can show empathy, you have that adaptive distance so that you're not caught up in their dramas, and you can say, okay, I can work with this person, I can, I can sympathize, I can empathize, I can, I can appreciate the person for who they are. And more importantly, you have to apply this to yourself, because we all have a place where we're not at our best where we just run off these programs, where we've been scarred for so many years and we're just running on this combined mixture of emotions that were semi-protective at some stage, but now they're just holding us back. So I hope you've learned something from this episode. Uh, There's a lot to unpack. I might go into this in future episodes. If you'd like some more references, Firstly, I'd like to say that most of the stuff that I mentioned, I came up with and reverse engineered and then found that guys like Pluchek has actually invented this prior, so I can't take credit for it. Uh, so if you look up Pluchek and his emotion wheel or, or maybe do some reading about emotions from a guy called Anderson, he also talks about the compound formulas and that'd be great. If you would like to continue your journey in personal upgrade, join the mailing list. Probably the best way to get there is to go on the personal upgrade website on Podbean and click on the free stuff and bonus tab. Enter your email and expect more great content, a special offer when the book is released, and absolutely no spam or third-party handouts of the address. Now back to the show. Emotions often control us unless we take control. This episode explored the fundamentals of controlling one's emotions, which we will expand on further in future episodes. As I mentioned in the very first episode of Personal Upgrade, our lives 
are the ones that we live with our loved ones. And if we fail to give this domain the same attention we give to our personal growth, then relationships fail and life gets messy. Our next guest, Tyree, is on to help those of us who struggle in relationships and teach us how we can make otherwise dead relationships come back to life. Hey, and what's going on, everyone? Thank you for having me on the Personal Upgrade Podcast. My name is Tyree Wilson, and I mentor men who are separated from their spouse or facing divorce in their marriage. I'm going to cover a few topics with you on establishing your manhood, showing up confidently in your marriage, and explain how being relentless in faith led my wife and I from divorce and into a successful marriage. But first, let me give you some background about myself. A few years ago, my wife and I decided that we could no longer handle the burden of being with each other, dealing with everyday pressures like parenthood, being uh, obviously married to each other, living with extended family members, being college students, being um, startup businesses, growing our careers, and so many other factors that uh, played a part in what it is that we did every single day. So eventually, communication is what broke down between us. And when the communication broke down, the teamwork broke down. And that was something that it was very hard to recover from. So when our teamwork had eventually broke down, we had so many other reasons for what had happened, but we just didn't deal with them very well. So we, you know, declared a divorce from each other. And I remember telling our children about what happened and how it was going to go down. I remember telling our extended family members, my mother-in-law, my sister-in-law, um, about what had happened and how things are going to play out. Looking back at it, it was still a very tough time, but it was something that needed to happen. And I'm going to explain that in a few. So when it comes to establishing their manhood, which I think is very important for the listeners, if you have not done so, you know, you think that when you reach a certain age, you're like, okay, um, I'm old enough. I, I'm I'm man enough. I can handle myself. I can handle being married. I can handle being with someone. I can handle being a father and a husband and things like that. Yes, that's great. You know, that's your your rite of passage. You know, that's something that you maybe have even dreamed about, and you're handling it very well. However, that's when things are going fine, and sometimes things aren't fine. It's not something that you uh, prepare for. But it kind of happens, you know, and if you're not ready for that, you might think that the easiest thing to do is to walk away from everything, because rather than make things worse than what they are, you might as well just, you know, wipe the slate clean. That can be um, a natural reaction to what's going on. But what I like to mentor and what I talk about is that in your manhood and simply your manhood and the different levels that it, it portrays to. You are built because of what afflicts you. You are raised up by the challenges of everyday manliness and your purpose in your life, how you view yourself, how you view your family, and then your morals and your ethics. That's something that when, when I talk to other men about and that when I mentor with men about, they find other areas of themselves that they really have shrunk in. You know, they they feel like if they don't talk about it, then that's something that they never have to work out. And that is a deadly, deadly trap. Leaving certain things alone and, you know, not coming back to actually take care of them is something that you you feel like you have handled. And actually, it's handling you. Being afraid to handle any of those things is something that a man should be aware of. And eventually, 
one way or another through some type of chance or circumstance, it's going to come back and you're going to have to be able to deal with it. Another topic is talking about showing up confidently in your marriage. Um, the way that marriage is taught nowadays or the way it's talked about or that the way it's portrayed is that marriage is 50 50. You know, a lot of people believe that, you know, um, if you if you come half, if she's willing to do what you're willing to do, if you're willing to do what she's willing to do, you're going to have a great and wonderful marriage. That is totally, totally false. I'm sorry. That's just the way I, I believe it. And that is what I teach to these guys. If you already know about being, you know, on the personal upgrade podcast, you should be willing to give 100% of yourself, regardless of the situation. I do understand that being 100% of yourself all the time is not very practical, but that's not the point. The point is to have it as a goal to be to bring 100% of yourself into your marriage. And that and by doing so, I mean, by being, you know, present physically there, how to how to listen intentionally, how to ask questions with uh, detail oriented meaning and purpose behind them. And then ultimately for men, because we are providers and we are protectors and we are uh, fixers, we can then learn how to be helpful. In, in the most possible way. So if you, if our wives or our children or family members or friends have a problem, then you are um, you are instructed to be and move to be an answer. If you want to make a change in people's world, don't sit there. Don't worry about what the problem is. Concentrate on being the answer, no matter what the situation is. And then finally, I want to talk to you about how being relentless in faith is what saves marriages. What I mean by being relentless, well, let's just think about it. What is it to be relentless? It's to be um, un, unrelenting. It's to be un, unceasing. Um, you have to be goal-driven. You have to be uh, a little, I guess, <laughs> the best way to put it is you're going to have to be a little like hard-headed, if, if you will. You just cannot be unwavered. That's what I mean by being relentless. And so... A little bit about myself is that when I learned about, you know, what it takes to buy a home and I learned about what it is to get through college after being out of college for so many years, you know, being married with three kids and going back to school. It's more than just what it is like your motivation. It's more than just what gets you out of bed in the morning. Being relentless, being relentless in yourself and being relentless in your faith, that is a trait that you have to take on. And it takes time. It takes practice, but it can be done. And the first thing you need to do is believe, first of all, you're worth the time. You're worth the time. You're worth the effort. You're worth being recognized. You're worth of you're worthy of all of that. But you don't need to always um stand and worry about if you're worthy you know you've already you've already put on the embodiment of being worthy so you continue on your day and you don't need to stop and take stock not just yet you can just continue to do your work and so that was something that I had learned um the hard way along the way and I have lost family members I've lost friends I've I've lost contact with social media for for a short stint and it was the best thing I could have done. It was absolutely the best thing I could have done because when you are ready to remove certain burdens and certain distractions out of your life, you have then put yourself, you have then put your 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 spiritual leadership 
in front of you. And that's what that's what matters. I mean, now, who's behind you in all of this? Your wife is behind you in all of this. Your children are behind you in all of this. And you know what's funny? They don't fight those positions. They don't fight those positions because they're willing to, they're willing and they're looking to be led by you. That's the whole point of being a man. See, some people now today in today's society, we talk about how uh, masculine toxicity is something that we have to worry about. Or we, we have to talk about uh, men who take advantage of women and men who take advantage of the weak and stuff like that. And that's where the public eye is on right now. And so the concentration of what it is to be a man is being lost as far as the public is concerned. But little do they know that there are Thousands of men who are out here trying to better themselves, who are willing to be more than what they were yesterday. And it's through concentration, it's through focus, through meditation, through uh, being humble, it's through being relentless, it's to stand your ground. That's what I totally believe in. That is what I preach and that is what I teach to the men that I work with is about standing your ground. Now, in my own marriage, when it was breaking down, I mentioned about how... um, we, we, we stay with extended family members. Now, extended family members are a great asset and a great resource as long as you guys can talk about what it is that, you know, you could use from the from those family members, you know, if they're especially if they're living with you. And what way do they contribute to the household? Do they help with the children at all? Do they help with um, scheduling? Can they help? Uh, with personal matters, including things like uh, trips or vacations, what do they need from you? What do you need from them? I think that's something you really need to have that conversation with if you're living with extended family members or if you are the extended family member living with someone else. These are things that you need to be able to talk about and talk about confidently. Otherwise, it leaves a lot of room for a whole lot of mess. You don't really need that in your life. When it came down to our home, we had... We, we did a lot of work. We saved up a lot of money. We had worked with a bank. We've worked with a realtor. And we got a home that technically we weren't even supposed to have, you know, based off of credit score, based off of uh, the lack of money saved up. But through the dedication, through a lot of help and being open and honest with um, our friends and being open and honest with the companies that we worked with, we received a lot of help in getting our home and closing it just before Christmas, I believe, in 2014. So it was a really wonderful gift to have. It was a wonderful time for our family. It was something that we could use for the holidays. And we really just, you know, thank the Lord above for what it is that happened. But eventually we fell behind on on bills. We fell behind on the mortgage. We, um, not to say that we couldn't pay for things. It's just that we weren't working together um, anymore. You know, that teamwork had became fractured. And so something as simple as paying the mortgage became a very huge hurdle. So we had uh, got a message from the bank saying that our house was going into foreclosure. You know, that's a really scary time is to have a bank let you know, like, hey, if you don't pay your bills, we're just going to snatch your house. You and your family can live wherever, but you won't live in that house. That's something that spurred me to. All right. Think about we need a plan. We have to do we have to do something. We have to make things happen. And so when we live with the extended family members, we came to take stock of what it is that we were um, what we were doing. If anybody was willing to help, we'd accept the help and we would help a recut. But when we came to understand that if no one was willing to help us, then we need to remove all those factors that weren't helping us like bad bills, you know, like bad spending. We didn't need that. So we had conversations with family, uh, extended family members, and we had to have them leave our home. Why am I telling you this? Because this is what being a man is about. You have to be able to make the hard decisions. 
And you're going to have to live with those decisions. And the best, or not so much the best, but the most important part is you grow from every decision that you make. I don't believe that men are cowards. I don't, I don't see too many men being cowards, especially ones that care about their family. I just see a bunch of men who are afraid of being held responsible for the decisions that they make because this world loves to, you know, crucify those type of men. You know, if it's not up to everybody's uh, liking and sharing and knowing, this is something that you don't want to do. And that same attitude leads into your marriage. If you are afraid of being, uh, uh, I guess, downplayed or looked down upon, then you will avoid all confrontation. You will avoid serious conversation. You will avoid uh, the building blocks that your marriage needs to establish the boundaries that you, you need, the, the, the boundaries that your wife would need. If you're not doing anything like that, if you're afraid of doing that, then you are destroying your marriage. And if you are into a point where you're separated or you're going through a divorce, these are the things that are killing you. These are things that are killing you and killing your marriage. The marriage itself, itself and the relationship with your spouse may have been great, but it's the foundation is what is killing you. And this is something that, you know, we kind of work with. And there's a way to go about doing those things by replacing what was lost and putting in firmer foundation, standing on better ground and relaying that information to your spouse through your actions, not so much your words, but through your actions. Um, so it, by doing that, you can then have a successful marriage. Now, whatever uh, faith that you follow, whatever um uh, uh, you know, the the spiritual energies or anything like that that you put that you bring into your home, that you bring into your spirit, you bring into your life, you need to lean more on those things. You know, if you guys don't, you know, understand exactly what it is I'm saying, I mean, you know, let's take someone for example, like uh uh Dwayne the Rock Johnson or Jason Momoa. Think about those guys, right? You know, really big, powerful guys, you know, pretty much the embodiment of manliness, right? <laughs> By Hollywood standards. But let's think about what it is that they that they the state that they go into when it's time for them to put on a show, when it's time to build up their homes, they they establish their their spiritual their spiritual grace first. So you see the war chants and you see them with the hakas, how, how, how they build themselves up. You need to find your haka. And I don't mean you have to be a Samoan. You don't have to be a Samoan. You could be, uh, you could be German. You could be African. You can just be, uh, you know, American. You could be Spanish. Every country has their own haka. Even, you know, even for Native American fellas out there, everybody has a haka. And if you don't have one, build one, create one, you know, be, be, be a form of many. And build that up because you need a firm foundation for you to stand on for your manly energy, not just your spiritual energy, your manly energy. And let me tell you something, fellas, for your spiritual energy, that is something that women love. OK, they like to see that they don't have to be the strongest thing in the room. They don't have to be the toughest thing in the room. And some women, they do have to be that, but that's for their own reasons. But it can be exhausting. So every once in a while, they want to look to you. Where's your manliness? Where's your grit? Where's your iron? Where You know what I'm saying? What's going on? Don't fall away from that because that's your opportunity to show yourself. Now, I don't want you to be a Neanderthal. I don't want you to be a grunt and fool out here. I'm just saying that every once in a while, a few good grunts might do you some good. It might do your, do your life some good. It could do your marriage some good. And there's no harm in it because there's nobody in there's nobody in danger from it, you know? So that's something that these small things like that, that's, this is what I talk about and mentor. This is what I want you guys to 
take going forward, not so much as just only being a personal upgrade and just saying, hey, live with confidence and stuff like that. No, there's a way to go about this. And whatever it is you do in your faith and your reactions and the way that you attack your your money, the way you go after a business, the way you raise your children, the way you love your wife, the way you love yourself and the spirit that leads you all under your roof, you must be absolutely and undoubtedly relentless. If you guys enjoyed my personal story or information about living a successful marriage, then you can catch me on Lock Pop Talks podcast on Anchor and anywhere else podcasts can be heard. Again, I want to thank you guys and thank you Personal Upgrade Podcast for having me speak to the audience today. And I will check you guys out next time. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If so, rate it from the place you downloaded it. For any questions, send an email to michaelpulser at gmail.com. If you liked the podcast so far, you will love Michael Pulser's new book coming out soon, Alpha Dude Personal Upgrade. In this text, we look deeper at the Alpha Dude system with many not-seen-before tools and techniques which will upgrade you so you can fulfill your potential. Stay tuned for details.